Can I just say, I am sick of my favorite artists in certain genres getting themselves canceled or getting themselves in trouble. You know what I mean? I start liking one artist a lot, and he goes and touch someone. Or like another artist, they say a racial slur. It's like, dude, chill. I just want to be a fan. You're making it very hard for me to listen to your music. I know out th there's some of y'all out there that feel the same way. I'm just saying, dude. I wish people would quit fucking making it hard to listen to their music, man. I just want to enjoy some good tunes. But welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time. Welcome to Talks with Taboo, man. Appreciate y'all being here. Appreciate y'all listening. Appreciate y'all on YouTube watching. Uh, if you're watching right now, go ahead. Hit the subscribe button. You know. Comment down below if you're enjoying the, uh, the videos, the podcast, man. I love to interact with y'all. Like, send the comments. Um... You know, I had a comment last week that someone had a really great comment and, um, you know, basically about a subject to bring up this week. And I brought it up this week with my guests. You know, we got into some uh, deep conversation, had some conversation about some stuff that not a lot of people are talking about, you know. All these shows happen in different states and, you know, when's it okay for shows to come back and, you know, some people out there who are, you know, just getting a little crazy out there on, on calling people out or, you know... Bullying to many extents, you know, or people just being a little unsafe with a lot of stuff. You know, we got into the conversation, got deep into this conversation. Man, had a great conversation with a great guest this week, dude. He is a pianist, which is a hilarious word. Whoever made who, they should have just been called pianoist, but they didn't name themselves pianist, which is hysterical. Um, he's an acrobaticist, if that's even a word. He does flips, is what I'm trying to say. And dude, he's a genuinely good ass dude i didn't know much about him and fuck this is one of my favorite conversations with somebody on the show and i think y'all really gonna enjoy this one i really really enjoyed this one i felt really great walking away from this conversation and i i cannot wait to have another one with this guy in the future so without further ado let's just get into the show ladies and gentlemen mr g space Yeah, dude, that fucking mustache is too good, Daddy. You got a fucking. How long you been growing that thing out? The last like few weeks, I just I just gave up on everything. <laughs> I just gave <laughs> up on everything, dude. That's I mean, that's me. Look at me, bro. I'm usually ain't this hairy, man. But I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna grow the beard out one more time before it gets hot because it's hot. It's getting hot. So I'm just I'm just going ahead and do it one more time, and then it ain't it ain't even it don't go that full. Honestly, it just does not grow. That full, and I wish it did, dude. I wish I had a Brock beard, just so yeah. I could shave it off. Just so I could shave it off. Yeah, same. I, I wish I could grow it. Like this is like the most I've ever been able to grow anything in my whole life. Obviously, I mean the hair, dude. Oh, but uh, how you doing today, dude? Can I just go ahead and say that your room, if that is your room, is surprisingly not surprisingly because you seem like a guy who's got it all together, but it's extremely clean. Yeah. So um. I'm at my dad's house right now, and this is where it all started for me, like, music-wise. And um, this used to be his room, and then 
he moved to the room upstairs. My sister's old room once once she went to college and stuff. And I have a room across the hall from her. That's my studio. And it has like all my instruments and keyboards and stuff. So then I just took this over as like a office type, like chill room. Yeah. Nice. I like the dresser back there. It looks very grandma-ish. I like it. Dig it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's something my grandmothers would, would have in their house for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, man, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm just trying to make it in this economy. In this economy, yeah, I've heard that is a thing that you uh, that you say quite often. I've you know, in this economy, yeah. I like to say in this climate. Yeah, Which... both of those are hitting real close to home this year. <laughs> yeah how uh, how are you uh, how are you surviving these days, man? How how you how you how you holding up? You know, COVID obviously coming in. You know, you were starting to pop off, starting to tour everywhere. We were seeing the name G Space all over the place. And I wasn't trying to run yeah. right there, but if you want to take that line, you can. Uh, but, you know, how are you surviving these days, man? What's keeping you afloat? Um, all my my supporters out there buying my merch, my music, streams and Bandcamp, and, and um, just being around family. And I, I just helped my mom move. I've been helping my dad out, and, and they let me stay here rent-free, thank God. They're, they're super chill. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah, it's, I've I've actually been just saving money, and hopefully I'll buy a house. That's like my goal. I want to pay rent in this economy. I just want to like own something and pay towards a mortgage, and then maybe rent it out if if I start touring again, if this pandemic ever ever ends in the states. But yeah, you gonna uh, you gonna buy in Philly? Cause you out in Philly, aren't you? So I lived in Philly the last like year. And I'm from Cape Cod. So right now I'm on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. That's where I was born and raised. My whole family lives out here. And yeah, I love Philly just because of how many friends I have there. And it's it's always a, a great time. It's in super in inspirational. But I don't know if I'm going to buy in a city. Like Cities are a little like, a little s sketch. <laughs> just, I, I don't know. But I love Philadelphia, though. Like I've thought about it for sure. Yeah, man, I feel you, man. Yeah. Whenever I buy a house, I want to have me a piece of land, a nice porch. You know, you know, I like a good tree. You know what I mean? Like exactly. Fucking, I like I love it whenever I go back home and there's just trees everywhere because you know there ain't a lot here in New Orleans unless you go to the park. But yeah. then, you know, you go 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 back home, it's just trees after trees, and I just stop and I'm pointing them out. I'm like, that's a good fucking tree right there, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of beauty in a tree. I love a good tree. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I want me a nice piece of land, dude, just away from all the haters. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so dude. Cool. Um, hopefully, we we can both get that and and just have like like a cabin in the woods. Always seems like very tranquil to me. <laughs> what does tranquil mean? Just peaceful, calm, and got you, got you. Okay, cool. Yeah, and, right, yeah. Great, you can't be coming here with all this, you know, crazy terminology. You know what I'm saying? You gotta. Yeah, all yeah. this verbosity. You got to white trash it up a little bit for me, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, look, dude, let's talk a little bit about the music, man, because you said it all started right there. And you're a pianist, which uh, obviously whoever made up that word was a little bit of a goofball anyway, because usually they would just say I'm a pianoist, but pianist is just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I itself. know. Uh, how long have you been playing for? And also, at what point were you like – all right, so you were classically trained, I, I think. 
how does that transfer over to bass music, you know, to making the wubs and shit like that? So crazy enough, the first, I started playing keyboard when I was just crawling around. I, I had a keyboard at a family party. And I only know this because my dad's told me the story, but I was, I was playing this baby keyboard on the ground and my family member, Janice Hanna was like, he's not just tapping this keys. He's making music. You got to get him a keyboard and, and, and like support this fire. So my mom and dad were always super supportive buying me keyboards and I was self-taught all the way up until college. So that's when I got to college, I, um, joined the jazz band and got completely schooled. Like the, the music professor there, Chris Haynes, shout out Chris Haynes. He, he didn't even want to work with me at first. He was like, how are you playing like this? You don't even know the names of the chords you're playing, the scales, anything. And I'm like, I don't know. And I've just mounted all these riffs in my head and, and figured out how to, how to do them in different keys, transpose. And, and I can, I can solo and improvise, but I had no concept of playing with other, like playing in a jazz band because we would be practicing and I'd just start soloing and, and going off. Cause that's how I play. I'm usually by myself making beats and just doing solos. And I was going off one day and he just stopped the whole like jazz band practice and was like, okay, Grady, we're not gathered here at 9am for Grady's big experiment. <laughs> and you're just going to be going crazy. Like, that's not why we're here. Like you need to have respect for everyone else playing. You need to accompany them. And, and that was huge for me because before that I had jammed with a few of my friends, my high school music teacher, Mr. Cardone, he was on the saxophone. I've sampled him in my last album and albums before that. And my homie Dutchy, Christian Hassler on guitar, but we would always trade solos. So that was my, my whole beginning of playing with musicians. It was all about trading solos and just trying to do the most creative things. But I had no concept of being like a rhythm, like comp, comp a company guy. Yeah, comp stay in the just, like, just stay in that pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like listen to every single other instrument around me. Like, so yeah, jazz band was great in college. I ended up dropping out of college, but you know, that was gonna be my next question, but no, man, I actually, I had some, a similar experience. Uh, cause I grew up as a, I grew up drumming and, you know, looking back on it, man, there was many times where it was just like, you do, I was, I was just trying to show off a lot of times leading up till eventually finally I'm like, hold up. I need to just calm down stay on beat as much as I can stay in the pocket and just be a little bit more technical with stuff. Cause usually I just want to fucking rock out and, yeah. and just, and just and try to impress the chicks. Cause that's all I really cared about, dude. And all the, all the fellers out there. Um, that's all I really cared about to be honest. Um, but nah, man. And then as I got older, I learned how to just chill out. So yeah, that just kind of reminded me of it, man. Yeah. All right. That was a huge lesson. I learned just accompanying the band. I forget who it was. Uh, I don't remember the drummer's name of the Beatles. You seem like a guy who might know the drummer's name. Do you know the drummer's name of the Beatles? Ringo. Ringo okay. Starr. They, 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 uh, someone had told me in an interview, and it was like, you know, your drumming isn't really that crazy. You're not that good of a drummer. And he goes, well, I play for the fucking Beatles, didn't I? Or like, <laughs> horrible accent, but like that was just what he said. It's just like, and, that, it doesn't, and in the words of Miles Davis, it's not what you play, it's what you don't play. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes silence can be, you know, those ghost That's notes. That's got it. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good, dude. Sometimes I silence I turned can... off my FaceTime, but that's it still has a way of breaking through the, the barriers somehow. 
Damn, bro, we can't even get G space for ten minutes. So all these, all these, all the people, bro, he's too busy. But back to that quote about Miles Davis. Um, yeah, there's another quote. Um, I want to say it's Bach, but it's music isn't in the notes; it's in the spaces in between. Mm, yep, I love yep. that, man. And 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 that's and that's also like the same. Not only with just like that doesn't just translate with just that style of music, but in bass music too, man. Sometimes those little ghost notes, those swings, that little exactly. bit of silence, those reverb throws with nothing in it but just like a tail. Like yeah. those things are always so impactful. It's exactly, less is more. Tension and release. It's it's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad we're on the same page on that shit. We can throw the quotes out here like we're like we're educated or something. I'd love to jam with you. That'd be so fun. <laughs> That'd be so much fun, man. I'd love yeah. to jam, man. That'd be great. I'll just stay in the pocket. You can jam. I'll let you have it, daddy. You just fucking... <laughs> and I'll just... I'll keep that beat steady. And then whenever my, my time's right, dude, I'll just throw a little fill in there. You'll be like, okay, okay. Yeah. And then you just start peeking it. We'll just we'll just peek it. Yeah. And then blast <laughs> beats. Blast beats all the whole time. I want you to get your, your keyboard to drop A if you can somehow do that. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's killer, man. I've, I've seen videos of you... Um, playing guitar for did you have a band or what was what is all that where you're like with the you were with the band but is that your band or those are just some people you uh sat in with for a show or something yeah i would always sit in um as much as i could with people i that might have been afro beta it's um my homies from miami they they're like a two-person duo and they they make their own beats and in keys and they were playing ultra music fest and they let me come up on on stage with them I think it was 2016 and that was a, like a dream come true moment for me playing on the live stage. Like MGMT played the same stage and MIA. It was like a crazy year, but um, I ended up just soloing up there and then um, did a guitar backflip too. It's <laughs> gangster, dude. And we're going to get into the flipping stuff. We're going to yeah. definitely get into that. That's, that's definitely something I did want to talk about, man. But that's pretty gangster, dude. How does it like, is it, how different is it keytar? Cause I've never, I've never, I've, I can play a little bit of piano. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the shredder guy, but if you're like, Hey, we're going to play in the key of G that's where I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not, nice. I'm not that. I'm just trying to, I'll try to like know where I'm at. But yeah. was the keytar, how does that translate over? I mean, because you do have all your keys down here. Is this is the top just like the bass note? Like, so, what is that like? So my keytar is the Roland accent, and the top is a modulation bar. So, so it, it comes with a bunch of built-in synths and electric guitar noises, and they all have their own modulation kind of but it's it, on an electric guitar setting it acts like a whammy bar almost yeah which is cool and then there's a, a pitch bend ribbon so it's it's instead of like the traditional pitch bender on a keyboard it's it's this touch ribbon and you slide your finger up and down it'll it, it'll go up a whole step or on some of them it'll go up like an octave or down an octave and and so yeah like that just basically like a pitch bend will or something like that exactly it's just this little like rectangular ribbon that you just touch and slide your finger on it's so cool dude how cool would it be if they could put like like serum reverb filters or like uh format filters in that bitch you know what i'm saying right? like, how cool would that shit be i think i can i haven't um explored this yet but i think i can map that stuff to steering daws and stuff i haven't tried yet but yeah that'd be sick dude you should try that that'd be pretty gangster yeah. you fucking yeah. so here's the thing you and i have only met in person 
one time, and that was at Wakan Fest. It was nice to meet you then. But you know, yeah, you and I who, who, who've who've talked over the years, or every now and then. Now I haven't watched one of your sets, man. Or have you incorporated the piano? And I might just be asking dumbass questions that I should have just researched on, if I'm being honest. Good. But do you have you do you bring that into your live set as G Space, the the you know the piano playing and, and anything like that? Yeah, my my first ever sets. That's what I was doing every every set. I'd set up like a full Yamaha weighted keyboard and MIDI it into my laptop and use main stage, which was mm -hmm. pretty much logic, which I produce mostly on, but it has this live latentless performance setting and it has all the, the plugins from logic and I can just improvise like that. And I'd have the key, the guitar as well. And that was how I started performing and I actually didn't even know how to DJ at this point. I, I I've been had been making beats for for so long and I had all these finished songs, but I would just literally play an iTunes playlist of all my songs and just jam over them. And it was really fun because I was constantly doing something on the keys and and improvising and that was really fun to me. And um it started to be once I started traveling and getting booked out of the States, I mean, out of Massachusetts and I, and I had to bring my guitar on the plane. I had, I tried, but I had so many nightmares with that. Like I had my guitar get lost in on the way to Chicago on a layover and Chicago was my layover. And then by the time I made it to Cali, I think it wasn't anywhere to be found. And it took like so long <laughs> to find it. And I've also had it, shipped to me before i tried that and it got damaged in the mail and it started to be a real burden and then i learned how to dj first it was on virtual dj which was so fun i had a little <laughs> four track and and to this day i was like that was the most fun way to dj i've ever had all their all their cue points it, it's it's set up so nice they just have a really bad sound card otherwise yeah. i'd probably still be ripping it but then i learned cdjs and then I was like, wait, I can just get away with the flash drive and, and just plug that in and then play, play sets. And at first it was kind of boring because I was used to playing on the on the keys the whole time. So, so I'd just be doing air, air piano and air guitar during my sets. And but so nowadays I want to have mostly everyone around the states and wherever i've played knows me as just a, a dj and if they like my music they hear the piano in it a lot of people don't even know it. that's my piano but but most most people listen to my music now i play the keys but it's kind of cool that i i got exposure as a bass music dj because that was also like a huge dream of mine to just drop the bass like i saw like skrillex when he first came out and excision and and I was like, damn, I really want to do that and just drop crazy bass wobbles. That, that That's so much fun. Like mm -hmm. that, like dubstep changed my life when I first found it in 2010. And, and I'm now glad it's I got... ruined you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's cool though is that I feel like if I kept going the way I was, I would have been booked for more jam band, like tr transformational festivals, which is all cool. But like, I'm glad that I went down the the dark bass saga that's what my friend andy calls it and sometimes he's like yo you need to bring back the g space before the dark bass saga like like before before just the crazy bass drops and everything so i've been i've been doing that a lot and my my goal is to have g space live which is when i'll have the keys 
and everything. And I'll, I'll make sure it's, it makes sense to travel with them. However, I have to do that. And then eventually I, I want to do G space symphony, which will be a full orchestra of all the instruments on stage with me as I'm DJing. I'll put like the CDJs on a grand piano and just be playing <laughs> and then what a like, dope booth. transition and then c- learn how to conduct. And so I could just be running around like a con- crazy conductor guy. Those and, are the real heroes. Place. The conductors, dude. Yeah. But I think it, it, I had this breakthrough because I was playing, like I make my music in logic and all these MIDI notes that I have for like the choir and the strings I add and all these orchestra elements, you can print the MIDI notes into sheet music for a real orchestra. And I was like, mind blown about that. I didn't know how to write music really or, or read it even. Mm-hmm. So that'll save a lot of time. Just So I'm working on that. I've, I've scored some of my music and yeah, I, I have this whole idea. I think that I would probably book shows near certain college campuses around the States and reach out to their music departments and see if there's kids that want to volunteer, maybe for like extra credit in their music department or something. I got that idea from Odessa. Apparently they, they had a lot of their orchestra, like marching bands, all from just college kids that wanted to perform with them. That's killer. And that's also a good way to save money, bro. That's what they were thinking. They weren't thinking, let's get some college kids. Let's think, let's save some money, honey. No, literally (laughs) in this economy, but like eventually, hopefully if, I'm, I'm making a ton of money. I could have a consistent orchestra and, and everyone gets paid. Everyone's yeah. happy. But like mainly it's how, how beautiful I think that would sound. Like, like I haven't even been to, I've been to very few like real orchestra performances and it's beautiful, but I can only imagine it with, with like sub bass and crazy beats, sound design all mixed in. Be gnarly, man. I think I of like, uh, I th- it makes me think a little bit of bring me the horizon. They uh yeah. their last album they had the uh the they had their they did a live DVD with the whole orchestra and it was like taking their and it was like it was just beautiful I was like holy yeah. fucking hell like that makes me really think of something like that but like bass music like that'd be wild yeah. I think Mala did a orchestra at um at Outlook I want to say nice. um some dubstep orchestra I saw some videos of it but but yeah I want to do the full symphony strings brass choir is, is the whole nine yards that's my my pipe dream <laughs> i can play a skin flute dude so if you need me to come in i can play skin flute on stage <laughs> sweet yeah <laughs> i'll add you to the roster i have a no, list man. going huh you have I have a list? A, yeah like i made a couple tweets and i got a bunch of volunteers like oh i play the clarinet i play the alto sax i play the tenor like and so it, it'll be cool i'll, I'll add sounds- you to the in flute category <laughs> it sounds like it'd be awesome but it sounds like an audio text worst nightmare where you're like you think you just have djs all day but then you have an orchestra coming up you're like fuck yeah and they're like <laughs> it would have to be somebody that i knows my music and would come to every show yeah. i probably have to do a lot of it too like in rehearsals it's definitely going to be a lot of work but yeah i mean you know only you can make them dreams happen though exactly yeah and covid's kind of put a halt on everything but at the same time now i can get all the sheet music printed and i can i can email it to people and have them practice their parts see if it works mm-hmm. and and just get get all the sticks in place <laughs> yeah yeah man i uh i actually i really connect with you on that level of starting out doing live stuff 
and then branching off not doing it because whenever I first started playing shows as Taboo, I did a live drumming to my songs. Like I had my yeah. drum pad, my drums completely were taken out, and I could only do that like I said, like you did. Like I had a show in Denver, and they just I just couldn't get my bag, so I just had to go to the venue. So all that I, all that cool part of the show is now taken out. So I got to like just come up with like you know figure out how I'm gonna make the show as dope on the fly, which you know was fun. But yeah, I gave up Air on that drums. shit. Air drums, dude. Yep. <laughs> Skin flutes, you know, all that good jazz, man. <laughs> uh, but you had mentioned something about you know you know just just a second ago about printing off the mu- uh, sheet music and practicing and stuff like that. How, what do you spend more time on practicing? Do you spend more time producing, making, uh, making tracks or do you spend more time practicing the piano? Because I found whenever I was, whenever I was just getting into production, it never ends. It never ends, dude. And he's too famous. But what I'm saying is, uh, whenever I was getting into production, I felt like the, I felt like my drumming fell off for a little bit and then it took me a while to notice it that I was spending like entirely, I wasn't spent like, I just kind of had given up on drums for a little bit and just was just focusing on production. Did that happen to you? And how do you balance that? Yeah. So all through high school, I was just obsessed with, um, piano riffs and solos and, just i don't i don't know what happened but now it's at the point where i i can don't really think and i can just solo for days and and of course i try to think of new ideas but but um i i've spent way more time producing now for sure and yeah also it it, i would get stuck in loops where when i was obsessed obsessing over piano solos which which but there'd be days where i would just make a song but then it would just loop for hours, like the same, like 32 bars. And I'd just be soloing for days. And then I'm like, <laughs> damn, like you didn't really get anything done today. You had just, fun though. You had fun. You're just jamming. But, but yeah, like I'm, I started to um, get really comfortable just producing on, on a laptop too, without any keyboards or anything and just like sound design and, and just, yeah writing more than just to have more music i want to leave as much music as i can on the planet this economy are you planning on leaving dude i mean you do have the name space in your name dude so <laughs> out of here or like what? <laughs> i mean we're all we're all gonna be leaving one day you know what i mean yeah going we, up to the lord i mean we, we, yeah going to heaven what are you doing the great beyond yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to leave this those notes and the spaces in between, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, 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 those loops that you just sat there jamming on, honestly, and you say you don't get nothing done, but you get so much done just practicing all day and just, you know, trying, you're trying to get that shit done, man. I mean, yeah. even if you're playing the same drum, like the same drum beat all day, you're yeah. going to get good at it. It's like, look at Mr. Miyagi. He taught us all lessons. You know what I mean? You do wax on, wax off so many times, eventually you fucking blocking punches. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, yeah. you keep practicing. Yeah. Dude, let me ask you one thing, man. What's up with all the G's? You know, so we got G Space, we got G Dones, we got uh G dubs, we got uh G's Uncle Jimbo, don't touch me there. So like what's up with all these G's here? <laughs> like right? what do you think it is with all the G's, man? Do you think you think y'all should start a gang or do you think y'all should fight each other for, for who holds the title? Oh my god. I mean, I don't wanna f- fight, that'd be that'd just be sad. 
but um, or, or entertaining depending on how you do it. If you do it, if you do it on camera in a ring where you sell pay per view, you know you could raise money for yourself, charity, or you could just you know do it in the street like some fucking thug, whatever you're into. Oh my god, I don't even know. I've, I've actually luckily avoided fights my whole life, which is which is good. But like, I don't even know. I'm like, I I'd be afraid to to like accidentally like really hurt someone or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got that core, dude. You gotta have that core to be doing all them flips and shit, dude. So you yeah. can just fucking roundhouse kick somebody and send them send them to space, dude. G yeah. kick your ass to space. Or just get like completely like pile drive mid flip upside down and just. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so about the G's, I actually, I I didn't have a name, a producer name at this point, and it was like 2012. And I asked my dad, who's a huge Grateful Deadhead, I'm like, "What should I call my music? I'm like, what should my alias be?" And he was just like, "I'm feeling it from the universe, G space." It's always been about Legend. grateful. He's like, "It's always been about Grateful Dead, drums in space." G for Grady, G for Grateful. It like makes total sense because your, your dad's the man. Yeah, yeah. He raised me on on the Grateful Dead and how they were just they give their music away for free after every show. They're like, we don't care if you bootleg it and sell it. It's like the music's yours after we're done playing. And and I thought that was so cool. And I've I've always like had free downloads on my SoundCloud and everything. And I I really like that whole perspective of just giving music away to the people of, of course i still have it like you can buy it and stuff and it's on all the platforms but yeah i'll, I'll always make sure people can listen to it for free if they if they can't donate or yeah that's killer dude your dad sounds like a fucking awesome dude sounds yeah. like a fun dad to have yeah he's he's hilarious he's he's um he's taught me a lot of, of course um he he always wants the best for me, and he can be really like harsh about it sometimes. Yeah. But it's all it's always good intentions, and and yeah, he's hilarious. My dad would just call. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be surprised if he if he comes in to say hi for a second. Oh hell yeah, I'd love that. Dude. That'd be awesome. Have your dad on the show. My dad just calls me a just called me a pussy and told me to go clean his kitchen. So yeah, I mean, I mean, he 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 says that to me too. So you know. <laughs> He's he's like a he's also a college hockey like goalie and he he's like my my hockey coach taught me to be more of a man than my own father. So like when he's trying to be a father to me, he's like he's quoting his coach. Yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, fucking ground your spaceship, Bergen. All right, you need to get your sticks together. Like get you need, your sticks together. Yeah, yeah. Hockey, bro. Yeah, it's that's just. Hot. I'd love to watch hockey or like attend a show. I don't, I don't know. I've never. I've only watched hockey once because it ain't big down here. But oh, uh, I, was, I, was, I was watching it with some Canadians, so that was like a cool thing to do. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Dude, uh, one thing I did want to bring up, so like it made me think about it when I was talking about fighting, right? There's all these like, you know, you got YouTubers doing these big fights, even some comedians and like uh, some of these like literally these smaller YouTube guys are like, making like these like online pay-per-view fights and stuff like that. How cool would that be if like we did like a EDM fight night where it's just like Kaiwachi versus Jansen in the ring? Like I'd pay money to see that shit. <laughs> I mean Jansen's already out there asking people to punch him in the face at, at his shows, so like I'm sure what? he's <laughs> Is he yeah. doing that? Yeah. He, dude, I knew he was loco, bro. That sounds like it's I'm not I don't doubt it, dude. Punch me in the face. So you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he he'd be like See, I just want you to call me names when you punch me. I don't want. I don't want it to get. I don't want to get hurt. Just like I want you to hurt me, but like make me feel safe at the same time. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Nah, but how cool would that shit be, man? I, I'd totally pay money to, to, to watch a fight like that. Like, that'd be killer. That bass music fight night, that'd be so gnarly. You could be the the host for sure. Dude, who else would commentate? It'd be me. Uh, maybe eliminate. I think he'd probably be good. He he yeah. come he coming with some cheeky shit. <laughs> yeah, I love and, eliminate. And then we'd have we have Tessa be the ring girl. She'd fucking go out there and just and just talk <laughs> shit. It'd be awesome. Be I love awesome. to hear her commentate too. <laughs> yeah, that'd be killer, man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'd be down to commentate too. I could be make some guest appearances. Dude, if anybody is listening and you like this idea in the comments, say tell us you want to see this shit. I want to see it, man. I want to. I want to know how much it would cost to to put on a f- EDM fight night. I think we could sell tickets and just watch Jansen. I want Jansen Kaiwachi main card. Like that's what I oh, want. Oh damn! That's what I want, dude. That's <laughs> who's a big your, one. Who's your main card? Who who you got? Who's your main card? You mean just like who do you want? What what DJs do you want to see fight for sport? Not out of not out of hate, but for sport. That's a good question. Honestly, um, Prototype and Jansen, just because I was I was on tour with them. <laughs> How was that tour, by the way, dude? Wait, also before you answer that, before you answer that, who would win that fight? I don't know. Uh, it might be Jansen, just because he's he's already taking punches to the face. He seems like like he's like he's just wait he's just ready. He's waiting, dude. I feel like he's got that anger built up for some reason. I feel like he's just waiting for something to pop off, bro. <laughs> I don't know, prototype. That's the thing. It's like, who knows? Uh, uh, like you never know. Like it, uh, maybe that that's what would have happened on the tour. It got cut. It got cut short because of COVID. Yeah. So who knows? How many by, shows by, y'all uh, get through? What? How many shows y'all get through? Seven, I believe. Yeah. And it was so much fun, and we we ended end every night with a back to back, and that was super surreal experience for me because I I was just like pretty um, blown away that I was back to backing with them because I've I've been listening to dubstep for so long and to be with those guys and just like throwing it down, and it actually worked out really well. Like we were all surprised at how crazy our back to backs were. We were we were like going off doing some crazy mixing, and dude, it was so much fun. And then so the last show was at Cervantes in Denver and it felt like the end of the world. Like this is the most haunting night of my life. Cause everything was shut down. Like our whole tour just got canceled, but this was our last night. Uh, Dirt monkey just had canceled his tour. He just got back to Denver. Um, he, he showed up to the show too. And me and him and Jansen prototype, the four of us just back to back for like, like 45 minutes at the end. And it felt, it just felt like a dubstep documentary. Yeah. Just like, yeah. I feel crazy. you, man. I, I was in Newport, Kentucky. The, the night everything was, the whole country was shut down. And actually, Newport's like literally two miles away from Cincinnati. It's literally like a bridge over. You can, like from the venue we're at, you can look out the window, there's Cincinnati. Cincinnati, that whole city was shut down. And so if the show was in Cincinnati, would have been able to happen that night. It happened in Newport. And everybody knew that it was fucking ending, dude. So like you said, it was just... It was just yeah. everyone was just going out one last hurrah. We all knew, bro. We all fucking knew, man. It, it was crazy. And the people, um, everyone at the show, like, in the crowd, like, knew it, too. And they were dancing. Like, I've never seen. There's kids, like, throwing themselves. Like, like looked like they were, like, throwing themselves into, like, crowd surfing. It was it was crazy. I was like, people are dancing like it's the end of the world. It really felt like that. I remember um, being in the green room, too, because there was, 
there was a whole other room happening. It was the Spicy Boys Takeover, Miso and Carolyn Banco. And I just remember talking to them in the green room and it was really haunting. We we're like, what's about to happen to this world? Like, we didn't even know how deadly the the virus was. We didn't know if things would ever be the same. And it was just like, we. it was just this heavy like weight of like, damn, like shit's really hitting the fan. This is, this is a little dark, but you know what? We're all together. We're going to live it up tonight. And yeah. Turns out it ain't as deadly as we once thought. But uh, no, dude, I totally, uh, I totally like connect with you on that level with like being on stage with like a, with Jansen. So Jansen, funny enough, I don't know if I've ever said this on here, but he was actually the first like bigger artist to reach out to me as taboo. I remember, dude, I've been to Jansen fan for the longest time. I think it was like in 2017, he had reached out to me because he had heard a track of mine. I think it was oozing. And he was like, yeah, yeah, this shit's tight. And like, he actually got, like, he was playing in New Orleans. He told him he wanted me on the bill. So I played right before him. We fucking connected and made a track. And like, he was literally like that. And I remember the first time, like, play it cool, bro. Play it cool. Like, telling myself. But like, you know, I was such a fan. And he was that first guy to reach out to me and just like, kind of, you know, he, he really has been like an older brother to me in many ways, like in the scene. Uh, on some, so I have so yeah. much love for that fucking guy. And Max is a cool ass dude, too, man. No, I'm talking no, about I- I love both of them. Yeah, that was that was a great time. I wish it, we could have like done the whole tour. I think we had like thirty or forty more shows to do. But yeah, yeah, that that tour was gonna smack off, bro. And it's just a fire ass lineup, man. It's a sick ass lineup. I mean, Cervantes. Every single, every single show had crazy support. It was like insane. That's killer, man. Yeah, that's killer, dude. But uh, I wanted to talk to you about the flips, bro. <laughs> yeah. Because I see you on stage. You're flipping around, you know, you're flipping on the beaches, you know what I'm saying? Flipping on these hoes, man. So when did you start these acrobatics, these gymnastics? All right, when did you start these? So about sixth grade, I started to get obsessed with flips from just seeing a commercial for TNA wrestling. And it was like AJ Styles doing like a front flip 360 onto a bunch of people. And like a gainer onto somebody, and then like, then I was like, whoa, like th- those flips look cool. It, it wasn't even diving or gymnastics that got me into flips. It was re- professional wrestling. It was like Jeff Hardy doing swanton bombs off of like thirty foot cages, like three tables. And I was like, this is like so it's sick, so sick, dude. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> yeah. the WWE. It's like what all are men into? We're gonna put that into this sport. And you yeah. watch, and you're like, let's go, let's go. It's dude. so fucking entertaining, bro. It's so good. It's so good. It's still yeah, so good. Obsessed. Yeah. So um, that I one person up- walks out and you don't fucking like them. You're like, fuck you. You're like you're yeah. like you're just yelling at people. It's it's great. They get you invested into this shit. Yeah, and I loved all the high flyers. I loved like Rey Mysterio. That guy was insane. And then I, I got super deep into it, like watching ECW documentaries and and yeah, I ended up making my own <laughs> backyard wrestling league with my homie Cole Catania and. And all of our other homies, John Sloig. Dude, I wish I had the footage still. Dude, what was your wrestling name? What was your wrestling name? I think Dirty McGurdy. Yeah, (laughs) dude. Do you come up with a backup story? Was there a backup story or anything like that? No, it was just like the high flyer. Just dude, like, and I would get ragdolled too. My friends would beat the shit out of me because I was like the (laughs) smallest person. And, And I was also just insane. Like, I'd be the one to get thrown like, through tables and like, like thumbtacks, and we were like going all off. We were insane. <laughs> like, oh my god! I wish I could find that footage because it was the, the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. 
Dude, the EDM backyard wrestling, dude. How awesome would that? I would pay to see that shit. Yeah, we, dude, we were good. We like, we, <laughs> we were good. We could have made it. <laughs> we really could have. It was all on tr- a trampoline. We didn't have a ring, but like, it was crazy. <laughs> we were, I was doing in, like I jumped off my friend's roof and like cross bodied him from like like twenty feet. Like, like we were going insane. And just looking back, it's so funny. <laughs> it's like an Uncle Rico moment, dude. If I would have just had, if Coach would have just put me in. Coach would have just put me in. (laughs) No, I probably, like, at one point was considering, like, just being a high flyer and going through the wrestling career. I don't know. But then I found tricking. So that's – Tricking hoes? Right. It's it's certainly the worst name. But it's called – Sounds like you're doing some thuggery. You're breaking the law, dude. Yeah. So all the flips and twists and kicks I do, it's, it's called martial arts tricking and tricking for short. Hell yeah. And um, it's a combination of just all the human movement that's been going on for thousands of years, like from wushu, martial, martial arts, capoeira, gymnastics, breakdancing, and just putting it all together in a really cool way. And it's, you know, it's different from parkour because parkour involves obstacles, like getting from point A to point B, jumping off buildings. And tricking is just stringing tricks together on the flat ground just combos and it's a worldwide sport and that was one of the best things to ever happen to me like and it all started uh, at an open gym session or um i was was actually at a summer camp and i was doing backflips with my friends and then my homie adam stickles was like yo you should check out tricking and come to open gym at cape cod gymnastics because they just had a two-hour session and i went there and then met one of my best friends Andrew Antusio and um, they introduced me to like this local tricking team called Furious Force. And and when I say like tricking teams and all that, there there's really no um, like league of trickers or 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 anything like it's nowhere close to so being a squad or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no like career path yet. Like my friend Bailey Payne though was the first Red Bulls uh tricking athlete so that was kind of a a step in in the right direction and he got like just paid to like travel the world and and trick and and um but but yeah tricking is super underground still but there's there's these gatherings that happen all over the world and yeah then you're the tricksters is that what yeah is that what it's called i mean that's what they are there's all these different names for each gathering but that's what they are gatherings of of the tricksters from all over the world and it's it's mind-blowing i have friends in every country because of this and and it's that's another one of my goals too is having trickers on stage with me with the whole orchestra too just like tricking and and just exposing um people to, to all the ways the human body can move yeah i want people tricking at my shows too but like kind of on the low you know (laughs) behind the venue you know what i'm saying (laughs) i I gotta tell a story now because you say that because there's always such a bad connotation with the word tricking yeah so at college i was trying to start a tricking club (laughs) oh god i'd be joining that shit (laughs) i was trying so hard to start it i kept like emailing the sports director and he was just like ignoring me because he's probably like, what the hell is this? And then eventually he was like, all right, like he got back to me. He's like, all right, come, come down to the sports rec department and come to my office. And I walk in and he's like, all right, so 
when I hear tricking, I think of a girl in the corner trying to make a buck. And I was just like, like how dare you disrespect my sport? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it also was like such an awkward, like silence that he realized he was kind of being like, it's like his mind was in the gutter. Like, <laughs> and he's he saying that's like a student. That's a microaggression, bro. That's a microaggression. <laughs> I was just like, okay. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, okay. What is tricky? And I'm like, it's, flips and twists and, and he's like, That's like awesome, it was dude. so awkward did you and have anybody I'll, else oh yeah finish the story finish the story well, well tricking club never ended up happening Aww. still and um but there was open gym at the at like the gymnastic gym but they never let me do the tricking club but but all my my homies i wanted to trick would just go to open gym and it, it was fine it was essentially the, probably the same result anyways we, we wouldn't have been like teaching classes well we could have but it was mostly just to use the gym and have fun yeah see the word the way i'm about to word this just sounds ridiculous right but <laughs> did tricking ever help you with the ladies <laughs> i i mean i i don't know man i'm trying to see man I, I felt like if i saw a feller doing flips i'm like yeah i'd like him to buy me a drink <laughs> right maybe <laughs> maybe it seems like I, I I am like a ninja and I could I could protect them. Dude, honestly, yeah. that's that's like you could just dress up like a ninja year round and just keep doing flips and anybody who who you said you're a ninja to, they'd believe you. They believe you. Yeah. So like um how long does it take, you know, how long have you been training doing that? And is that something that you still train heavily or is that just something that you just kinda do every now and then for fun? I do it every now and then for fun now, but I was training super heavily at one point and I was actually working at a gymnastic gym. I got a job being like, at first I was teaching beginner gymnastics, even though I've never done gymnastics, but I was just teaching like cartwheels and forward stuff. But I was kind of a fraud because like, it just felt so weird. Like I they ended up having me teach like on the bars and I can't do the bars and all this stuff. And like, I'd be like, yeah, you got to like straddle and do this. Then they're like, you do it. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, you, like they totally exposed me and they're like, why are we going to listen to this guy? You can't even do this. Like, and, and, but then I'm like, this is what I can do. And I do like a one footed corkscrew and they're like, whoa. And they're like, they loved it. Sounds and like it'd like, be a cool job, except yeah. for the politics of the gymnastic moms. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, my, I, my sister did gymnastics, and, and and they would always just bitch. Like the mothers would just bitch about the other mothers and stuff like that. It just felt like a lot of a lot of uh, talking behind their backs, and you not knowing what the hell you're doing. I'm sure you kind of heard it from some gym moms, huh? Oh, I was I was removed from the <laughs> at one point. Seriously, um, I got like I had this one class one day. I was also really bad at like I couldn't be mean and discipline. Girls, if like I had this like beginner girls class, and there's this one girl just like barking like a dog, she was like, bark, 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 bark. and I'm like, Are you gonna do gymnastics today? Or are you just gonna bark? And she was just like, bark, bark, bark. Shut the fuck up and do a cartwheel. <laughs> but like, it was, it was pretty funny. I couldn't stop laughing, and and then the whole class got out of control because they all started doing it too and like crawling around the gym, and I had no control over it. I was just like, like, cause I was kind of having fun with them too. I was like trying to be serious, but I was dying laughing. And, <laughs> this and then is not gymnastics. <laughs> yeah. And then I got, I got an email from my boss and she was like, we've had some complaints about your, your last class. And 
we don't think you're ready to ready to be a head coach, but but you can shadow for free. And I was like, I'll not be shadowing. And she was like, apparently your ego is bigger than your coaching ability. And I was like, damn, mate. I'm, I mean, I'm just a fraud. You just let me go and not insult me. <laughs> you, Jesus Christ. It's okay that I still have mad respect to um, Jen and Jason, Cape Cod Gymnastics. Wouldn't have I been a tricker without them. I don't, dude. If I see her out in the streets, it's game on, bro. <laughs> Put some respect on my boy. <laughs> yeah. That's killer, though, man. Have have you caught any injuries doing this shit? Oh yeah, yeah. Luckily, like like minor, minor injuries. Luckily, but but still, like it was weird. I I used to never have to stretch or warm up or condition really. I I should have been, but I don't know. One day, I just like realized I'm like, damn, you're not 16 anymore. You can't just get out of the car and run into like a a wrapped up. Like you'll like t- like pinch a nerve in your neck or some crazy shit and like. Um, but I, I love it so much. And I, I have a lot of stuff that I I still want to do. Like there was a point when I was, I was really trying to pioneer the sport and think of new things and, and I still have a lot of unfinished business. So I want to, I want to start conditioning and stretching more and and just going after it. But, but like the last like year or two, I've been touring so much too. and, And like, I could still keep up the training i really wanted to but like i don't know touring can be so draining already and then i'm like it's like you wake up after like three shows in a row and then i'm like all right i'm gonna go find a gym and like trick and like that just it's i'm just trying to survive and get get to the next show sometimes like but yeah but yeah i i want to i want to keep doing it as long as i can i'm always gonna at least do something like once a day or once a week and just keep my body limber because i think i'll be able to do it forever like my friend mateo's in his 30s and he's he's doing crazier combos than i've done and like so yeah yeah man i'm have you ever tried it while you're have you tricked while you're drunk like is it is it tougher is it more fun yeah yeah it's um it it can be good or bad but yeah (laughs) it's it's definitely an experience <laughs> it's yeah. a good thing it's a good thing i do not know how to trick bro because my ass would get drunk and be like hey watch this and just fuck hey y'all <laughs> check me out and i would just fucking just hurt myself yeah. man i could just see it out no if you're too gonzo it can be bad <laughs> yeah hey y'all want to see me fucking do a flip off the stage uh, <laughs> who says no to that you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah we do everyone will catch you too yeah, no, no, no. I land it, dude. <laughs> you just land on someone's head. I'd make up a drinking game. Like, I fucking spin around the, the baseball bat, fucking shotgun a beer, and then trick. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. that'd, be my, that'd be my game, bro. And then I'd be in the hospital. <laughs> dude, I don't know. Don't sell yourself too short. You might be a, a tricking prodigy for all we know. I might be a trickster legend, dude. I'm, I should yeah. I, mean, I, I should have been tricking ever since I was a kid, bro, honestly. Yeah, trampoline is how I learned everything. Like that's my my best suggestion. Yeah, I, I can go backflip. I can go backflip and a front flip. Oh, sick! Yeah, that's that's where I started. Yeah, yeah. And I can do that thing where I fall on my back and then I bounce and I just get back back on my. Oh foot. yeah, yeah. I can do that thing. But okay, uh, hell yeah, man! Look, dude, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I do want to ask you something because I had somebody comment on my last week's episode 
about this, and I wanted to kind of have like an open conversation about this with, you know, somebody else that another another artist that's in the scene. And if if you're not too comfortable talking about this, then we don't have to talk about this. I'm all I'm all for it, man. But you know, yeah. we're seeing a lot of like these uh, Florida shows, these Texas shows. I mean, I'm seeing, you know, we saw the picture with Squanto, and he's catching all this heat out there. Um, oh, yeah. And the question I got is because, you know, last week I opened up the show talking about how I think it's great that these festivals and stuff are planning out shows a couple months in advance and festivals. It's like, you know, I'm pretty optimistic about the future. You know, we got to get back yeah. to normal at some point. I, I'm glad we're planning for it. But there are places like in Florida and Texas that are, you know, not doing that. They're having normal shows right now. Yeah. And this is my opinion right here, and I want to have this conversation with you, see how much you think about it, and, you know, if we disagree and just have a conversation about it. But, like, um, you know, we see, like, these shows in Florida or, like, Texas, and, like, I'm seeing people online, especially, like, in, you know, EDM Twitter. I feel like it used to be such a nice place, but right now it's come, kind of coming into, like, uh, like, tattling and also, like, bullying and, like, venture. What is it? Like, uh, I don't even know. Huh? The police from 1984. Yeah. yeah, like I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people like doing all this stuff. You know, I feel like some people are just calling out these people for clout. To be honest, and I'm seeing some artists doing it. And my thing yeah. is, is like I feel like that's Florida. Have you ever been yeah. to Florida? This oh, shit's yeah. fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't. I don't feel like. I just don't think it's right for people to like hate on people in Florida for people doing Florida things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's, there's these people that are hating on them though, think that they're super spreading and, and they think they're doing the right thing, calling them out. Yeah. And but yeah, I, at the same time, like our whole industry is really, really dying right now. It's concerning. I mean, there, there might be a lot of things still surviving, but the amount of venues that I've played and I love that have closed down permanently I from know, this is, dude, is it's depressing. crazy. It's crazy. And, and it's, it's like, so, so this is another thing that's, that's kind of, um, I've been thinking about, do you know what an endemic is? No, kind of like end game Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> they go back in time and get yeah. Thanos and all the infinity stones, but yeah, yeah, exactly. I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, I'm, I might butcher the definition of an endemic, but I'm pretty sure the flu is an endemic and the common cold. And they're just things that unfortunately we've had to, we've had to learn to exist from because the flu literally kills so many people every year too and i'm not comparing covid to the flu i know it's it's like a mutation of sars and it's different but um it it's like how long like are we gonna let everything crumble like all small businesses venues and and then like imagine one day we're just like uh honestly like there's a, co a new mutation of COVID up. Oh, the vaccine Shut was everything too late. back down. And then there's a I COVID mean? 21 and then COVID 23 and then a COVID 25. Like uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. But it, if that trend keeps going on, it's like, how, how is everything going to survive? Is, is it going to survive from free money from the government? And then it's like, is that realistic? Cause like, it's almost too late for so many of my favorite venues. Like they're already shut down. They're, they're gonzo and people, people are, committing suicide left and right i've lost so many friends this year it's like i i think that needs to be talked about more too is how much um how hard this is on everyone's mental health obviously that's that's not a secret but it's it's so sad like how how much this is destroying just 
um, just people, people's Not only life. that, man, like I feel like uh, people's drug use, even mine, like alcohol intake kind of got out of hand because I'd just be sitting at home and bored and like, you know, my yeah, blood sure. fuck, so I just start drinking and it kind of got out of hand there for a minute. Yeah. But like, I feel like that's also a, a fucking massive thing that's going on as well. And I totally agree with you, man. It's just like, yeah, like you, like you said, man, at some point, you know, we got to get back to living. You know what I'm saying? You know, we got the, we got, there's some people out there. And I'm not saying, and this is just two people's opinions. We're not saying these are the right things, these are wrong things. These, yeah. are, these are what podcasts are great for is having these open conversations about it. There's people out there that think like, you know, let's shut it all down until like everybody gets vaccinated. My thing is like, fuck that. Like, I think we vaccinate the old people. Yes. Vaccinate people who have underlying health issues. Yes. But after that, why are we shut down? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're already saying, um, once you get vaccinated, we're still going to stay shut down. So we're, we're the masks and social distance still not gather more than six people. Um, because you can still catch COVID and spread it after you've taken the vaccine. So the va- it's really just a treatment for COVID symptoms. And there's actually a lot of other treatments for COVID symptoms. They don't want you to know about it. And it's censored, unfortunately, because for whatever reason, they, they want everyone to take this va- vaccine. And, and I, and I'm, vaccinated i've been vaccinated my whole life i'm not anti-vax or anything but there's other treatments for it and and it's kind of weird that um they're already planning that seed it's like oh we're gonna stay locked down until every single person is vaccinated and there's so many people that won't get vaccinated so it's like that in itself seems like it's never gonna end (laughs) and then they're already talking about these new covid mutations too they're like will the vaccine be able to protect against a new strain like it's like well of course like like i don't uh, Probably not, but our body might be able to. How about you give us a fighting chance? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like I said, man. I think like once yeah. the once the people who are at high risk are vaccinated, why are we still shut down? You know what I'm saying? Because if you or I were to get it, you know what? We're gonna be just fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If if you know majority of and these people go, majority, I'm gonna say about I'm gonna say about 100 percent of the people going to these shows. I guarantee you they'll probably be fine too. Go if if they caught COVID, you know. And then, and then I get they're mad at people because they're taking it home to their families, but maybe they're not. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what their life is like. But honestly, if it stays like that after even once everyone's vaccinated, they're gonna keep it locked down. Mass is moving to Florida, bro, because Florida looks like a good fucking time right now. Can I say that? <laughs> it looks like a good time, man. Yeah, and then it also looks like just complete ignorance and hell on earth too to, to other people too like i see both sides of it but, but like yeah it's 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 really a tricky situation we're in it is a yeah. tricky situation it's also tricky talking about this right now because i felt like it's hard to have open conversations about this because there's so many people online right now completely like canceling or calling people out I know. or completely like shaming these people. You know, you can't even talk about it. Like we couldn't even like we couldn't. And that's why I like talking about it on the podcast is because you're not yeah. you're able to actually speak and give out an, a full thought and idea and perspective. You can't do that with the tweet and the tweet would just piss somebody off. Oh, my God, man. I'm canceling. so happy I stopped trying to have open discussions on on socials because I used to have a lot of fun doing that, like beginning of 2020, and I'm so happy I stopped when I did because it's that that's not how you you break through to people. Like, um, shout out to Milano and Tai Dai Kai. They like called me up and they're like, "Yo, like, social media is not how you're gonna have these conversations. Like, like write a book or like have a have a podcast or something." But like, this is everything gets taken out of context and. And I don't know. It's, yeah, it's really. So that was actually um, 
I got really depressed about what you're just saying, how it feels like we can't talk about really anything. Yeah. And and that, that started to depress me so much because I, I've always wanted to make music to just bring people together. And like, the, like we've all experienced it. The, the feelings you get out of show or a festival when everyone is just on that same wavelength, it doesn't even feel like normal society or anything and everyone's just getting along and, and like not, not obviously not always everyone gets along, but for the most part, it's like a glimpse at world peace. It's like people from every ethnicity, orientation, age group, everything getting down, vibing and, and it's beautiful. And, and, and that, and the fact that it's illegal to gather people right now is super depressing and I get it. Yeah. It's an, it's an emergency pandemic, but, um, the fact that we're not allowed to gather together and talk in person and then we can't really do it through socials either. Cause like everything gets taken the wrong way and, and everyone um, will cancel you if you, if you question any sort of mainstream narrative or yeah. And, and no, it's like, I hate to say it, but the, um, the medical industry in this country hasn't always been looking out in our best interests. Yep, yep. I mean, like, yeah, look and at all the opioid op- pandemic. Like, like, everything. Like, we can't even go to the hospital without paying a fortune. Like, like it's concerning. So it's like all of these these same um, – and I have so much respect for, for doctors, too, in the medical industry and everything. Like, I'm not discrediting them. They're, they're doing the best they can and, and what they think is right in their heart. But um, the way it's set up in America is so – um, it's, it's not for the betterment of our health. A lot of the time, like, like, uh, I don't know, like pushing like pharmaceuticals and drugs, instead of talking about like going outside in the sun or exercising, eating healthy, avoiding music. foods, like, like there's like that stuff. They're never talking about that on the news. I don't know why it's like, they're like, Oh, like just, just like run and hide and hope the vaccine like saves us all. I don't know. It's so weird. It is crazy, man. I want to know what this is going to do to the kids, man. Like, you know, the kids, I'm, like, I'm freaked out about it. Imagine being honest. a kid, like, you know, you want to go outside and play or fucking go to school and talk to people and do normal shit, but you got to go to school, have your mask on, you can't Dude. go play. Like, Mike, like, yeah, I have like cousins that are like mad young right now and they're in, they're going through this in school and it's like, it can't be good for developing minds. Like, imagine, like, just the lack of, like, even even little babies coming into the world, but like always having a mask on and seeing their parents with masks, and it's like masks kind of um, remove your your individuality and your um, just like facial expressions. There's so many times I'll smile at people, but I got my mask on, and they don't even know I'm smiling. And like, just like I don't know, it's just even little things like that, like just that human connection is like yeah, like you're trying to tell someone you're below them, like you're doing this, and they're like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> uh but but yeah that's the thing that we all gotta um we gotta just like watch out um with with all the hate and we need more love we need to choose love over fear every moment and yeah i agree man and what's gonna be interesting too whenever shit does come back is like all these people who are calling out all these other people and like you know Actually, like some some of them are coming for their careers when they were calling these people out. Like they're not just, you know, trying to be like, hey, this isn't cool. They're like, yo, cancel this fucking person, which is kind of crazy. 
whenever this yeah, is back my- to when this is back to normal, like this is we're gonna have to be at work with these people technically. Like these are gonna be people that you're gonna see in, at festivals or at shows. It's like, and then at that point, it's like we ain't cool, bro. You come from my career, you, that, like, yeah. that ain't cool. We, we ain't cool after that. So that's why I'm starting my next album with this that song um, differences, and I'm like, can we stop the hate? Despite our differences. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. I love, I love, I love everything you're sending for, man. Less love, more. I mean, uh, more love, less hate. I almost said less hate, more love. Or I mean, uh, less love, more hate. If you're, if you're a metal band, like that should be your thing. You know what I mean? But if you're, you know, grow up with a dad who listened to Grateful Dead, you're probably like more love, less hate. Yeah, I, I believe in in world peace, and and I know like. Like that's the thing. We got our differences. We'll always have our differences, but we don't have to kill each other over it. We don't have to have hate in our hearts. And yeah, let's yeah. have a conversation about it and not try to yeah. call each other names and you know be open about a lot of stuff. And and I get it. A lot of this extreme hate is like it's like some of my friends have been accused of being murderers because they they accepted a booking in a show and like and maybe they the event really did spread to so many people that it's like, it's, it's such a tricky situation. Like, so I hear, I hear like both sides, but it's, it's, it's really um crazy to see the amount of division and fear and, and manipulation. Yeah. It's crazy. I think the world needs a dubstep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to bring that up and have that conversation. Cause that person had commented on the, on the video and I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring that up next week. And, uh, if that person's watching or listening right now, the, you know, that was for you. And for some of the people who are listening and watching right now, some people might be like, you know, not agreeing with us. And that's totally cool, man. That's totally well, like, fine. I think, you, uh, I think people have to be, people have to be different. People have to think about things differently or else where is our individuality? Where are our values? Where are our morals? You know what I'm saying? Where's our fuck integrity? You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, I think it's great that other people have other opinions about other things that maybe don't believe in some of the things that I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think that's totally okay. It doesn't mean you have to hate people. I think, you know, you should just sit down and think while they think that. And if somebody thinks a certain way, even if you have all the facts in front of you, you're not going to change some people's minds. If some people believe in something, they're going to believe in it. You can be like, Hey, God's not real. This is why. And they're like, no, God's real. It's like about having faith. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, and, and you don't think you hate those people. You just have to, I think there needs to just be more understanding is like kind of what you said. Yeah. And, um, throughout this though, like I've, I've had a lot of show offers and I, I've declined all of them. I played a couple drive-ins cause that seems to be acceptable and safe. So yeah, I know it's, it's like, people always ask me like, Oh, when do you think shows are going to come back? And it's like, the real question is, is when are shows going to be acceptable? Yeah, dude, fuck. Fuck, yeah. that is such a good perspective. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true, man. Because shows they, have come back in some parts of the world, some states, and it's like some places it is acceptable, like Australia, Ultra Head. Florida. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, but like to the rest of the U.S., it's not acceptable in Florida. Right. So, so yeah, it's a whole – that's the whole thing. Yeah, it's when, when will shows be acceptable again and what will it take for them to be acceptable? It's like it's a whole like – collective consciousness that we need to we need to work through somehow and figure it out but um yeah i really hope shows come back if shows do come back it's 
it's gonna be popping off like oh my nuts. god <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts man i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get there before the openers you know what i'm saying i'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna be there just to smell the air <laughs> yeah. just to smell the fucking air dude well look grady man i can't thank you enough for <clears throat> Coming on to the show, man. It's been fun to yeah, talk to you. Brother. It's honestly been really great getting to know you a little bit. And, uh, cause you know, I didn't know Likewise. much about you. We've just, you know, you know, talked briefly, but honestly, it's been really great getting to know you, man. You seem like a really fucking awesome person and a uh, very genuine ass dude. And, uh, I hope well, someday soon you and I can sit down and have a beer together. Yeah. And let, let's write, let's try to write another tune. Yeah. Let's do it, man. Hey, one more question, man. Since, you know, you lived in Philly for a little bit. Are you an Eagles fan? So, you're, you're, I'm going to get a lot of hate, but I grew up on Cape Cod, so I was a Pats fan. <laughs> okay, word, okay, word. I was a spoiled New England sports fan with the the Celtics and the Red Sox breaking the, the curse of the Bambino and then the Tom Brady legacy of the insanity of it yeah, all. Yeah, then he came down here to the NFC and fucking yeah. tore my heart out, but whatever. We won't even talk about that. Dude, it literally <laughs> like feels rigged sometimes with it sports. It does, bro. I'm sure the mafia... The mafia was rigging like sports at one point. In, they in were, the yeah. There was this guy on the uh, Pat McAfee show who was talking about that. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. It's a sports it's podcast I like to listen to. Um, yeah, man. Who, who's y'all quarterback next year? Is it Cam Newton or y'all? Are y'all drafting somebody? I don't who know. Think, who you think? Who, who do you want? You want Cam or you want somebody else? I, I'm really just like whatever. Whatever. I'm, okay, word. I'm I'm, I'm just like, a massive <laughs> I'm a massive football fan, so I, I like to bring it up to people when they're from different areas and just see what they see what they think. Yeah, I feel it. Well, hell yeah, man. Well, I'm gonna leave it at that, dude. Once again, man, I can't right. thank you enough for coming on the show, dude. And you be good out there. Yeah, thanks for that. Let me see if I'll I'll do a backflip. Do it, dude. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> that, looks, that looks like plenty of room. I'm, I'm concerned. This this could go bad. I hope it I hope it goes either or away. It could go good and it'd be entertaining. <laughs> if it's bad, it's probably entertaining too. Alright, so in tricking, this is the gainer. It's just a one footed backflip. Alright, here we go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I can shotgun I can shotgun a beer pretty fucking fast. So that's about that's about <laughs> all the and I can put my whole fist in my mouth. That's the thing. <laughs> That is a thing, <laughs> but you have Shout way more talent. Pipus. Pipus forever, Dan. Yeah. And uh, dude, I, 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 like I said once again, dude, that was fucking badass. That was badass. Thank you for <laughs> thank thank you for doing that for me and everybody else who's watching. That was that was great, man. Yeah, I've that was been, a, that, was a, that was the talks with taboo first right there. Hell yeah, making history. Hell yeah, man. Well, look, dude, like I said, thank you. Hope to see you soon, buddy. You be good. Yeah, much love, dude. And that's Mister G Space, everybody, man. What a fucking awesome guy, dude. For real. Like, <laughs> I'm so glad I got to sit down and know that guy, man. He seems like such a nice guy. Seems like he has such a passion for love and music. And, you know, it seems like the things that he's into, he's really passionate about it. And I really fucking like talking to people who are very passionate about something that they're doing, man. There's something about talking to people about who want to do something who are really passionate about something and going and doing it, man. I, I just love hearing those stories because it just gets me so inspired and fills me with so much love and joy. And I just love it, man. He was a great guy. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed that episode, man. Only that, I hope you all have a great week. You know, it's tough out there. But you know what? You're tougher.
You know what I'm saying? So keep being tough. Keep fucking making life your bitch. Keep listening to the podcast because, I mean, thank you. Thank you for that. But <laughs> just keep uh, just keep being you. You know what I'm saying? And keep on swinging. Life keeps Life is swinging hard, but I'm swinging harder. That is a Ghost Inside lyric that I fucking try to take that. I try to wake up with that in mind every day. Life's singing, swinging hard, but I'm swinging harder. Try to try to remember that one. And go listen to that band because they're fucking awesome. They have an amazing story. But anyway, I will see y'all next week, man. We've got another great guest. We're going to keep it rolling, y'all. Y'all have a good week. Love y'all. Peace.